welcome back to the latest episode of Nerd Out. We took a month off for the month of, uh, I guess it was uh, May, but we're back in June, and I'm back with my two two of my favorite guests, Bridget Johnson and Joe Levy. It's great to have this group back together. It's great to hear, be here to discuss uh, or to talk on this podcast. And and you notice, guys, I, I just went right into the pod because I didn't even want to try an opening because I was going to mess it up. So I've tried scripts. I've tried everything. I just, I, I'm just going diving right in. So Bridget, Joe, how have you guys been? It's been a couple months now. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've connected. It's been a very busy couple of months. I'm glad We're to be back with you both. Yeah. So, so what do you, okay, let's start with you, Joe. What do, you've got some big news. What have you been up to lately? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, since last we spoke uh, or nerded out together, I left you, Dan, and I, uh, I'm uh, incredibly happy to announce that I joined uh, Barclays Center uh, in Brooklyn as the assistant general manager. And I've been there for just about six weeks. And uh, it's just been an absolute incredible opportunity. And the, the venue, the people, um, the, the, just everything about it, uh, coming home to Brooklyn, where I'm from originally, has just been really, it's a dream come true. Um, and just the, the, the um, running a sports venue now, uh, different you know, than my, my career, which is, you know, I was at 9-11 for a bit. I ran the Apollo for a bit, you know, mostly on the performing arts side. And then when I went to 9-11, you know, the experience there is, you know, somber. Um, I don't know if you've been there or not, but it is, a, you know, a very sad um, collection, um, but very, very important. So I'm really thrilled to be uh, on the team there. Uh, the team is just absolutely, the, the capabilities of this team are just bar none. They are, they are the best in the business, and I'm really fortunate to, to join them. So, so what does an assistant general manager of a venue do? Like what, I mean, what, what are some of the roles that you kind of get into? This is, this is super exciting because again, a lot of the incidents we've talked about over the years have all dealt with venues. I know like the Manchester concert bombing years ago, all of these other venues, this is a big responsibility. What, what, what goes into that work, Joe? Well, you know, because the team is so strong, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily on, on an event day or a game day get into the details, uh, but it's more about sort of carrying out the sort of business objectives. Uh, it's really trying to uh, continue the effort of cross-functional collaboration and really driving where uh, BSE Global, Barclays Center and ASM Global are trying to take the organization. So it's very much a big picture initiative. Uh, but I think personally, uh, in my career experience, um, I've always been able to do a better job when I really actually understand the nitty gritty. So, like I said, I've been there about six weeks. And so I'm spending a lot of time uh, walking around, looking in rooms and doors and understanding the way the facility runs. Everything from uh, facility presentation down to operations and event services. So I really am trying to, A, names and faces. Uh, I think in the last six weeks, without exaggerating, I've met uh, about a thousand people um, okay. from guest services, you know, through security, et cetera. So. Uh, my job, I think, in a nutshell, is to really just take in as much as I can and try to become more efficient and more effective. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I think you said you captured it really well with like the team approach, because it is from everybody, from the greeters at the door, through the security team, through the 
front office, through everybody there. I think that's super exciting. So we'll have to make sure that we pick your brain a little bit more as we go through. So, and, and who knows, maybe that'll wind you up on some year-end like super list of something that some, maybe one of these other panelists kind of, you know, Ron and Shepard, Bridget, I don't know. Uh, but but Joe might be able to reach one of those top 50 lists or whatever. I, I don't know. We'll see. But, but Joe, great, great. That's awesome news. And we're very happy for you. Bridget, what have you been up to the last couple of months? Well, Joe and Dave are both always top 50, so <laughs> top 50 in our hearts. Um, yeah, so um, things have been busy, um, and um, lots of, uh, you know, monitoring of different occurrences that are going on, and, <laughs> and um, and I'm also redecorating, so counterterrorism and redecorating, that's going to sounds like a show title but you know i think that we'll, we'll tag it right there counterterrorism and redecorating there you go that's, <laughs> that, that's the title of the episode here uh we'll we'll get it formalized in there bridget was filling up her aquarium earlier so there's i'm sure there's a lot of other things <laughs> on this holiday juneteenth today so we appreciate you guys making some time for us um it's been quite a year i will say it's been a, a very uh, interesting year on the uh, on you know a lot of different fronts. Whether that's severe weather, which a lot of the country is going through now, uh, there's a lot of thunderstorms, heat waves, a lot of things with summer. Uh, but we also saw less amount of of some weather in the winter. It's been a very up and down time. We've seen a lot of violent events that occurred, especially in the beginning part of the year. I think the last time we were talking, we had the incidents in China, or I'm sorry, in California around some of the uh, hostile events there and the dance studios and the farms up there. Uh, they've been continued. You know, we've seen the Nashville activities. We've seen a lot of things. So what I want to do in this uh, this podcast is kind of do a look back at the year and then uh, a look ahead for the rest of the year. We're at that midway part uh, and kind of just get a sense from you guys on, on, on where we are. So I've got a couple questions we'll run through and then we'll try to do our little fun activities at the end. So we'll just start off and maybe we'll start with Bridget this time. Bridget, so in 2023, uh, what, what's something, you know, what's something that surprised you uh, so far about 2023? Um, I mean, this month I've been um, uh, a little surprised that um, uh, we haven't seen a high profile attack yet. And I better knock on wood when I say that. Um, just because of the convergence of so many, um, uh, you know, events that can spark extremists going yeah. on. Um, we've got Pride Month. We've got um, the indictment of Trump. Um, and then, of course, you know, like last summer, when we saw the um, attack on the 4th of July parade in Highland Park, um, summer just offers a lot of opportunistic events um, where, you know, there's there's not a special date in mind, and today's also Juneteenth. You know, which is another event that could spark domestic extremism. Extremism, but um, you know, just the fact that um, people are congregating. You know, there are outdoor settings that are harder to um, establish any sort of perimeter type security on. Um, and as we saw in Highland Park. Um, the guy was just able to, you know, use a, a ladder to climb up on a roof mm -hmm. and use a sniper perch um, to target this 4th of July parade. Um, so we've got, you know, events that are really hard to defend 
Um, and we've got um, current events that are happening that can, um, you know, kind of be the the final nail in the coffin as the um, Bratislava shooter used to describe how Peyton Gendron's um, attack in Buffalo sent him over the top and made him decide to attack an LGBT bar. Um, so this, it's, it's a lot of um, convergence right now. And you know, I talk a lot about convergence of ideologies and you know, that's kind of like the, I think the the main thing that um, is going to be kind of driving the terrorism of the future you know is this this stew of ideologies i know that fbi directors called it a hodgepodge and and you know i've called it um uh, all sorts of you know different names at different times salad bar um, terrorism isn't that yeah true? salad bar terrorism um you know just um picking and learning and drawing from each other um so the the the, the the threat is, I would say, um, very much on edge at this moment, um, and so um, you know it's it's definitely a time to be on alert. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, good call out there. I you know I noticed uh, there was a an attack in I think Austria that was disrupted on an LGBTQ parade that was planned. Uh, interestingly enough, involving some jihadists uh, or what they what they suspected was a jihadist uh, plot. Um, I also saw, you know, to to your reference about you know the um, you know the Bartoslava shooting, uh, referencing the Buffalo attacker. You know, the 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 recent arrest of an individual. I I think it was in was in Chicago or um, uh, individuals who going to shoot up a synagogue and it was planned for next year, which was interestingly enough planned on the same date as the New Zealand shooter, the five-year anniversary of that. Um, and so there was a lot of, you know, these copycat um, or these influencers, these, these you know, um, are really, they, they remain. I mean, I think you've talked to that many, many times, uh, Bridget, about the sainthood and the deity, the way they worship um, you know, or, or respect or deitize these, these previous shooters, and especially the Buffalo shooter you called out many times about the manifesto and how he was almost speaking to the next wave. And, and I do think that that's very interesting to play out. So a really good call out uh, there, Bridget. J Joe, what, what about you? Any, anything that surprised you so far this year? No, there are two things. I don't know if I'd say surprise or I just frankly don't understand. Um, and sort of two things. One, just the sort of ever uh, sort of escalating climate change, um, um, the obvious occurrences, you know, from the smoke coming down from Canada to, you know, just the hurricanes and tornadoes and all the things, the temperature, et cetera. And while, you know, whether, whatever your politics are on it, whether you believe it's man-made or not, et cetera, you can see that something is happening and I just, I'm surprised that there's just not more of a global, let's get together and forget what's caused it. And how do we try to reverse or to slow it down? That, that surprises me. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's been too, too politicized. And so some people are just ignoring it because I, you know, they just refuse to accept it. That surprises me. But then more, more closely to, you know, what we do for a living, um, you know, we have like historic low uh, unemployment, but you know, I'm still hearing across the country, across venues, uh, irrespective of sector, 
they they're just so short staffed. I mean, you know, a double digit percentages of people not returning to the workforce. So I guess, you know, I know how it works. You know, if you're not putting in a claim for unemployment, you're not counted as being unemployed. So I understand how that sort of works, but I just don't know where everybody has gone and what they're doing for income because they're certainly not returning in mass to venues. And the people who are returning to venues are early career. So they rely they, they, they require a, a different type of training. You're not really evolving someone's you know, intermediate to advanced training. You're really starting at the basics, um, which puts a strain on the venue. Uh, it certainly puts a strain on management when they're trying to anticipate, you know, how would I respond to emergency acts, uh, uh, action or you know, some type of active assailant or something. So those are the two things that I just continually like, scratch my head about. Yeah, I, I love the, the the climate change one is very interesting because you, you clearly see it in so many different areas. You know, the 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 climates have like the severe weather. Just look at the severe weather events over the years. Um, and, you it, you know, you can't help but say something is going on here. We should get together. And so I always love the uh, the the climate deniers, whether whatever. Again, I'm not picking a political side here. I, I really don't care one way or the other. But the argument's always like you, you'll get a, um, a, 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 you know, like in the in the in the West, you know, we had all these drought conditions for several years and all of a sudden they get a great you know, winter event and I get so much snow and all this other stuff, the, the reservoirs are back full and it's like, oh, see, no problem. There's yeah, no problem. Right. Everything's back to normal. We have no none of these issues. And so I, th I just think it really is ignorant of what's going on. And again, this has so many impacts on uh, facilities. This has so much impacts on preparedness. And, and I think it really does change. And if you're not uh, you know, embrace looking at that and trying to make changes, you're in trouble. And and to your second point there too, um, you know, about the, the unemployment risk. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors going on right now that around the economy that I don't understand, you know, again, the job unemployment is one thing that the violence is another part that continues to go up in, in some of these areas. You know, the, there are, you know, economic conditions that everybody keeps talking about, you know, we're going into a recession, we're going to be tightening, but yet we still have this record low unemployment. And, and yes, I get it, people, I, please send, don't send me the hate mail or the tweets or anything. I know how these things work, but, but at the same time, is it, it is a little challenging on, on some fronts. And so, um, but these are all factors for organizations, as you talk about, as, as you don't have employees to fill certain roles, or you're constantly changing people, you have to invest in training, you have to invest in preparedness, you know, you lose that subject matter expert that, you know, that individual had been maybe working there three or four years, who's now very comfortable in that role. Now you have to bring in somebody and, and train them up and spend those resources uh, to do that. So very, very good call outs there um, on that. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a very interesting time for me. I think one of the surprising things for the year was I, I'm I'm a little, um, I guess, interested in what the the evolving state of protests and demonstrations. Obviously, we've had years where we had you know we had the yellow vest protests in France. We had the Hong Kong mass like almost countrywide shutdowns before COVID. We had all those May Day activities. We had all the G7, G8, G20, whatever G level you want to have protests where there were some very violent protests and demonstrations. And then we had in 2020, we had the BLM movements and a lot of the racial justice um, um, 
protests and demonstrations that occurred in that time. And from then, from 20, late 2020 into 2021, and, and certainly now, it does feel like we, we're not seeing the protests and demonstrations to the degree that we we've saw in the past. And, and um, you know, I think the May Day activities have really fizzled and that used to be a really big event uh, for, for a lot of activities, even going looking online, there were not many things that occurred there. So I'm very interested in, in around there. Obviously last year we had Roe v. Wade, the overturn of Roe v. Wade, and that led to some, but, you know, and I know faith-based organizations have been, uh, attacked separately as a result of that, but there have not been protests and demonstrations to the scale. So I've been a little bit um, watching that front and seeing what the next evolution of those happen and whether they go from maybe mass protests to more isolated and small scale ones that that maybe turn more into harassment and vandalism types of activities that are directed at certain organizations in particular. So that's some of the things I've been uh, thinking about. So let, let's think about the next part then is is what what I guess what hasn't surprised you about where things are going? What, what What is the, you know, what's not been that that big of a or, or a change from the past? Uh, Br Bridget, how, how about you start? The level of ISIS and Al-Qaeda activity. <laughs> that has not been surprising. Um, there's you know, there's still, you know, kind of a, a constant, you know, drumbeat from, you know, both the kind of, you know, core, like, you know, a mock news and, and stuff like that. And the, um, the fanboys, you know, who, who continue to circulate old materials, you know, in terms of videos and magazines, you know, the old flames of war videos. And, and um, there was actually a, a, a um, kind of a compilation video that was posted um last week and it was just called you know we kill gays and you know it was a combi compilation of different you know isis scenes um from when they they had their physical caliphate in iraq and syria um but you know that was quickly censored and removed and and um the uh the isis you know unit in Khorasan there their province there um they actually uh in their most recent magazine um you know name a name drop one of our writers uh at homeland security today uh Iran botabakov who is a uh Kurdish uh writer um on uh islamic extremism and um, so it was kind of funny to, you know, kind of look and, and, you know, you know that these extremist groups read Homeland Security today, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was, you know, that was some, some funny name dropping, but um, yeah, so how they have been doing as far as um, their propaganda operations, their recruitment operations, um, you know, trying to inspire new attacks, trying to, um, and this is kind of more in the, the field of Al-Qaeda, but trying to play off of um, domestic extremism in the United States. Um, it just hasn't been, been surprising. It's just, it's been, it's been as expected. Now, could they throw a curveball? Of course, you know, that's what terrorist groups do. Um, but um, it's, it's, basically continue to be 
um, you know, keeping an eye on the foreign terrorist organizations while keeping a greater focus right now on domestic extremism. Yeah, good, good call out the uh, almost the it, it doesn't seem like it makes the headline news as much anymore, but uh, it, it is something that's almost ever present, you know, it, it needs to be there in our mind so so great call out there's a lot of and again I think as you were talking about earlier too is the you know this is a you know this summer months are, are big opportunities there's a lot of opportunities for. Uh, less protected facilities. You know, you talked about some of the parades and festive outdoor events. So it's, it's a very interesting and challenging time uh, that we continue. We should not forget uh, about those 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 threats. What what about you, Joe? What what's something that's not been as surprising? I think the the political divide uh, and how I feel uh, people are growing further apart. You know, it seems like. The left is going as extreme left as they can. The right is going as extreme right as they can. And there's, you know, there are few and far between people willing to reach across the island and try to do what, in my experience, you do with all relationships, which is you compromise, you meet in the middle. Um, not everybody gets what they want. And I think this has such a trickle down effect. Um, you know, as a lot of people look to their political leaders to give them, you know, it's like the litmus test, like, you know, how should they be behaving? Um, how should they treat their neighbor, et cetera? And it's, it's, it's sad, it's depressing. Um, I'm also aware that it's probably generational. I suspect prior generations said the same thing uh, when they were, you know, paying attention. Um, but yeah, I, I, unfortunately I think that, and, and I'm certainly not the only person to say this, I think a lot of people recognize this. So, um, you know, continues to go in the direction which I think everybody talks about, which is, you know, we're just, drifting further and further apart. Um, and, you know, I guess it's like waiting for the shoe to drop, like what's going to happen? Like, are we ever gonna come back to the center? Is, you know, our form of government gonna change? Um, you know, and if anybody thinks that democracy is the, you know, the best form of government, you know, even Rome fell, right? So, um, you know, I, my hope is that one of these days we figure it out that we're making it worse uh, and, you know, come back to the, to the table and try to figure out how do we live together uh, in, in, you know, and all of these things, and you can pick any political, you know, whatever the hotbed topic is uh, uh, this year, uh, you know, we can figure out a way to, you know, uh, compromise. Yeah, and I can, I can appreciate that previous generations probably had their, you know, things as well, but I, 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 I'm with you here as well, Joe. I think one of the challenges, like, at least they came together and were able to put together ways to move the country forward, whether that be new laws or new policies. Way, there was somebody who was willing to cross over that line and say, hey, look, I, this is the right thing to do, and this is what we should be doing. Maybe it's not the perfect solution, but it is, a, I, I do feel like we have over the last 30 or 40 years now really gone to the extremes. And and um, and I, I do feel like that's a very challenging dynamic because it bleeds into the workplace, whether or not we want to accept it or not, you know, political. And, and again, whether you can try to be as, you know, resolved about, you know, or try to address conflict in any number of ways, it, it's bound to spread over, especially as we move towards the 2024 elections. You know, that's a big thing in the back of this year and into next year, of course. You know, we start getting the primary seasons going, the debates are starting again, and we're going to start getting all of that work through, and it, it is going to be very challenging. So, 
Very, very interesting. Good call out there as well. I, I think for me, I think the one thing that I just continue to not be uh, surprised about is the amount of gun violence in the country. And and it, again, speaks a little bit about this. And I, I mean, I guess I, I may be surprised a little bit about the, the volume of the gun violence, but the fact that we're still having it just means we haven't done any real meaningful, uh, I guess, politicking around it, any meaningful change there. And again, I respect everybody's rights to feel how they want to feel and, and do what they feel they need to have. Um, but I, I just fundamentally disagree with the the, the way that's being implemented. And, and, and again, I think the country today is much different than we were 250 years ago. I, I think there's a lot of different things that we need to look at and make some meaningful change, but it doesn't surprise me. I, I think, you know, we, you know, we already saw over the weekend, there were several incidents, some were involving pre-Juneteenth events, some were involving other, you know, activities in around, whether that might be pride related. Um, it, there's just so much gun violence out there that, I mean, in just at really random places, neighborhoods now, birthday parties, and I'm not talking about adult birthday parties, I'm talking about kids' birthday parties. And these are just things that, you know, from a security standpoint, again, it may not be as crazy, you know, there's a lot of active shooter activities that are going on, there's a lot of training that is being conducted, but it's the, again, ever-present risk that you you face, and, and are you able to identify those patterns and indicators before an event happens? Um, it, it's just been a challenge. So that's one of the things that's not been as surprising to me as we go along uh, for 2023 so far. All right. So last, uh, last, can I just last, add to that, Dave. Yeah, go ahead, Bridget. Yeah. I, I mean, you made so many excellent points. And from a security standpoint, people are used to it. People are too used to it. Yeah. 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 The news that cycle is, so is getting damaging. shorter and shorter. Yeah. 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 Remember when, like, an, an attack, like, for example, the Aurora movie theater? Oh, yeah. It was in yeah. the headlines for a couple of weeks, at least, afterwards. And now, you know, it just, it dwindles off really quickly because we move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's really, it's it's sad. It's, it's a challenge. But And you're right. I think that's a great point you made in there at the end there, Bridget. So thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, one more question for 2023 here as we go through our topics. What's something for the rest of this year? What, is there anything that you're looking forward to? I mean, I don't mean like positively looking forward to, or is there anything that you're, you know, putting on your, circling on your, your calendar for the rest, the last six months of the year about an area to focus on, something to be thinking about um, from a security standpoint? Bridget, how about you? You know, I think that the um, the outlets shooting in Allen, Texas, gave us pause to really think mm -hmm. about what the offender is going to look like, um, and it goes back to the, you know, hodgepodge salad bar or whatever, um, of how um, a shooter from Latino descent uh, embraced neo-Nazism and also came from incel ideology. And, you know, was, was, you know, clinging on to, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, a very far right um, personalities and forums like 4chan and, and Stormfront, et cetera. Um, it, 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 
I think I think it was um, you know uh, very um, you know not good after that that shooting when people were dismissing basically the authorities' account of the shooting because people are so still in these ideological boxes that they say, oh, there's no way that a Mexican guy could have come and done a shooting in the name of neo-Nazism. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, you, you just, you break it down and it's just kind of like, okay, so yes, you know, neo-Nazis, you know, may not like Latinos, but this guy was identifying with the anti-Semitism part he was identifying with admiration of Hitler and Hitler being a strong man. Um, he was identifying with white supremacists on their misogynism. Um, so it's it's just so important that you know we we break these things down into digestible things that hopefully people will understand. But I still think some people are still so in their ideological camps, you know, that they're they're not gonna. Um, you know, except, you know, where these, these, these killers are coming from. Um, But, you know, there was no doubt that, you know, he, he wanted acceptance um, from a certain crowd um, and possibly even was hoping that he would be uh, counted as a saint upon, you know, some of these, these, these neo-Nazis and who, you know, were kind of making fun of the fact in their forums um, about his ethnicity um but i also noticed you know in the the dash cam video that we saw from the parking lot of the shooter you know getting out and and jumping out of his car leaving it in the aisle and starting immediately to fire at people outside of the stores i mean that tactic looked to me like he watched the live stream of the mass shooting at the buffalo supermarket mm-hmm. you know that's exactly what peyton gendron did um so this cross pollination of terrorist training that, you know, I've, I've stressed before that, you know, means that tactical advice, guides, emulation, they're all easily accessible online for any ideology to consume and glean pointers um, and, you know, learn how to do reconnaissance, um, you know, all things that we saw in that shooting. It, we're just going to have to, you know, embrace a different um, idea of you know what is going to make up um, a potential killer and the different crossing ideological paths that they come from yeah it's so so great of a point i mean it it, it, it just it, i mean when i saw that shooting again it was one another one of these things where again, a, a threat actor is going to take the opportunity that they have in front of them to do carry out the 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 attack that's going to cause the greatest amount of press for them or the uh, you know the greatest amount of casualties for them or accomplish their their goals. And they're less concerned about, you know, you know how they got there. you know that that they they and you've spoken about this several times now, Bridget, about the blending of a lot of these type of ideologies. and we've talked about it. Um, on our, you know, hostile events preparedness series that focusing on behaviors and not on demographics or profiling, because it just, that doesn't work anymore. There's too much thing that's readily available uh, to threat actors. You sp- I think, Bridget, didn't you write an article a couple of years back about the, you know, how white supremacists are using ISIS tactics and thought, or like the ways they, that they could you know, use their propaganda and talk to their people. I, I I think there's just so much out there now 
that's readily available. And and frankly, you just can't monitor it all. You can't you know look for it all. And people are gonna you're gonna find it, and then they're gonna adapt to their you know to fit their belief structure. And and that could be that that merging. So re really great point there. Um, as well. So uh, very, very interesting. And again, another sad, tragic event. Uh, Joe, what about you for 2023? What are looking ahead for the rest of the year? A anything that you're kind of circling around? Yeah, sort of sort of two parts, but sort of comes back to the same point, which is like, you know, now that I'm back in a, a New York City venue, just uh, I'm watching like how how quickly protests and assemblies can occur. You know, it used to be that you would get lots of notice um, you know, whatever, you know, relatively yep. speaking, lots of notice, but it now seems like something can organically appear almost like that was a craze a couple of years ago, like that mob flash dance thing, whatever yep. it would appear at a mall. Um, and, uh, you know, something might start in midtown, but before you know it, they're walking towards your venue, crossing the Brooklyn bridge and, you know, rallying right, you know, right at your front door. So I'm trying to uh, spend a little extra time figuring out, you know, what are the, what are the indicators that, you know, my, uh, my team can be looking towards, um, and, uh, and just how quickly uh, those things are on your doorstep. So uh, then the sort of the part two of that is sort of going back and just looking at all of the documentation. And, you know, I sort of, uh, on this program, I've talked a lot about how it's important to pull your EAPs off the shelf and make sure that they're dynamic documents and that you're really and you're continuing to review them, update them, don't forget version control, make sure you're writing all those things down on the front page. Um, but now I'm actually realizing that you have to extend it. It's not just your EAPs. You really have to make sure you're pulling out all of your training documents. You have to pull out all of your SOPs and your EAPs, and you have to make sure it's not just for the one department. It really is an organizational wide effort. And you have to make sure that all three legs of that stool are really talking back to each other, making sure that they reference each other. And that's also interdepartmental. So, you know, the guest services team should not really be training on entirely different documentation uh, than the security team. They should be making sure they're using the same language, the same graphics, you know, the same voice in all of these documents and make sure that you're doing a very thorough uh, training regimen for uh, your, from, you know, street to seat and then back. And then, you know, going back to the, you know, paying attention to, uh, your your environment geographically. Um, if something you you have to know what's going on in, in any reasonable distance from your venue, whether it be the school, a shopping mall, uh, an arena, et cetera. Like you have to know how to respond if something is going to come towards you faster than you can call people in who are you know not scheduled to work. It's not just the day like okay tomorrow or next week we're we're going to have this controversial figure at our venue, so you know we better staff up accordingly review the AP. No, it's, it's, it could happen today completely unrelated to who's in your building. So if your team who's on schedule every day is not versed in what they should do, um, then you're, you're vulnerable. And it's not just about how do you respond if once, you know, if an occurrence is happening in your venue, you know, we all, all the security professionals who are listening to this podcast know two things. One, we cannot guarantee 100% safety for everybody that's in our venue. It's just not possible. Um, and frankly, the more vulnerable, you know, we're, we're more vulnerable outside our venue, on our front doorsteps, on our plazas, because we tend to not have, you know, magnetometers, you know, at the, at the third line. You know, you might be looking in someone's vehicle or not uh, or whatnot, but you're not really patting people down. You're not looking in bags. So you have to really make sure that your security posture is extended well beyond your front door. So, this is what I'm watching this year. I'm going to spend a lot of time 
reviewing things and trying my best with fresh eyes. And sometimes that's exactly what it takes um, to make sure that all of the documentation, all the training regiments across the entire organization, you know, that your admin staff should be going through, your engineering staff should be going through. Uh, it takes a huge effort to respond to any one of these um, you know, emergency actions in order to, you know, do your best to come out of the other side with the smallest loss of life, the smallest uh, bodily harm, et cetera, the smallest reputational damage, the smallest economic impact uh, that you can, you can possibly uh, deal with if, you know, God forbid one of these things happen. So that's kind of what I'm watching uh, for certainly the rest of this year. Yeah, I wouldn't call it, you brought up a really good point about making sure that, you know, aligning terminology and understanding across the organization. I, I think that's so important. I think it gets overlooked a lot. You know, often when we plan and do our preparedness, you know, it, it, groups within the organization are doing it, but sometimes it's siloed. They're not doing that cross, you know, cross pollination. Are, are we using the same terms? Are we coming together to, to leverage the same information? Are we making our assumptions based on the, 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 the same information that's coming into the organization? And I think that can cause a lot of confusion. So great point about, um, you know, making sure that whatever, you know, whether it's HR, whether it's security, whether it's the, you know, the, the whatever the, the role is within the, the organization that you're doing, uh, and you're and you're able to have that common language. So so really good call out there. For me, I'm I'm a little you know I, right now I'm I'm not clear. I'm not really I'm I feel really unsettled about the rest of the year, not because I think there's anything looming out there, but I also feel like there's a lot of factors that any one of them could kind of start spiraling things. I I do think there is going to be a tough economic. Uh, situation that's going to occur. We're seeing some of that within uh, parts of Europe right now. I, I don't think that the United States is too far behind from some sort of economic uh, situation. And look, you can call it what, if you want to say it's a recession or not a recession, I don't really care. When people have, are dealing with the, the rates of uh, costs that are currently being put in place, and then jobs are lost at some degree, whether it's 1% or a half a percentage point, it doesn't really matter. When you have people who are in tough financial situations, they, they are inclined to uh, be put in positions that are not very favorable and, and that could have negative results for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I'm, I'm a little concerned about some of the economic forecasts coming up. I, I think we have to really be mindful about the, uh, the upcoming election, even though we're a year and a half away, it, it makes no difference. I mean, the, the rhetoric is already occurring. The primaries are already, the debates are already starting in a, I think it's next month or, or whatnot. So, you know, these things are going to be occurring. Uh, and again, I just think we have to be very mindful in those approaches. As organizations, you have to be aware when these things are occurring in and around your your area. And, and I just think it's, it's better, look, it, organizations have to be more diverse and aware than ever before. And, and I think there's just so many influencers out there. Um, it, it's just important to stay on top of everything. So with that, everyone, I know we went through a lot there, but great discussions, great topics. Any, any lasting comments before we go into maybe a couple lighter topics? Silence. This is great. <laughs> hey, look, you get this is this is why I love you guys. Love having you on here because you guys have so much information and, and you're so willing to share. So let's let's transition to a couple lighter, maybe quick quick hit topics. Um, it is summer. Do you have any summer plans ahead, Bridget? Anything planned for the summer? 
I'm getting a vacation. I know that. Well, you're weird. allowed to have a vacation. Wait, what? Wait, what's that word you use? <laughs> Begins with a V. And um, so I'm still kind of learning what it means, but you know, so yeah. That's so, fun. That, that, am- that coupled with a redecorated uh, houses is going to be nice. So I actually, uh, I, I too am getting a vacation. Uh, um, I'm going to go uh, take an international trip with my wife and uh, to, uh, to India, actually. So it'll be my first time there. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I spent a little bit of time uh, in her, her family's hometown of Kerala. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Nice. And maybe all the food that the aunties and uncles are going to feed me. I don't know. You know it, could be, it could be that. Very, very cool. Well, I mean, I, I'm still scarred from my overseas endeavor two years ago. Um, <laughs> I remember that. Costa Rica. <laughs> when, you were, when you were sequestered at the uh, tropical resort, that one? Yeah, yeah exactly. It was uh, in my little nine by 12 room or something it felt like. But uh, yes, <laughs> yes. But I'm sure it's much better now. I, I hope you both enjoy your vacations. Uh, I too will be taking some time off here at the end of July. I'm going to go visit my son out and um my first away from the house son he's in doing his great things um him and his fiance are out in seattle so i get to go to the pacific northwest for a little bit i've never been out there so i'm looking forward to that um, nice to cool off for summer yeah he, he, exactly and they said it's the best part of the year is out there at that time so my wife of course has planned us to the uh from sun up to sundown of everything and i've had some uh listeners give us actually give me some feedback so i'm looking forward to trying some food items out there at, at listener recommendations. So really appreciate that. Um, all right. So one more quick question here. Um, you know, I've been experimenting with different drinks now. So I, I have started getting hooked on, uh, and I mean drinks like liquor or drinks. I, so I've got hooked on old fashions now and I started making some at home. And now people will say old fashioned, that's basic. You don't, you know, that's everybody has an old fat, whatever. I, I like it. So I've been playing around with it. Also playing around with a little bit of gin, um, gin drinks as well. But this summertime, what's a nice, refreshing go-to drink that you like? Bridget, what about you? This is such a great question because the redecoration has included a mini bar. Oh, nice. And because, you know, I, I only I only end up drinking like once a month because, you know, I can't, I have to work late. It makes me sleepy. You know, I can't have that. Um, but I've always loved the look of the tiny bottles of yes. food. I remember like my grandparents had this, you know, giant, like, you know, windowsill, just like full of tiny bottles. And so, um, so I've been, you know, doing a lot of, um, decoration of the mini bar with the tiny bottles, in addition to, you know, having beer shelves and, and, and everything. So it turned out really awesome. And then, then I, I'm doing the kitchen, like an Irish pub, so it all fits together. And Dave, I, I, I think, I, I, you know, maybe we put in a request that the, the next nerd out is a remote uh, session from uh, Bridget's uh, minibar. I, I I like that idea. You'll definitely have to send us some pictures, Bridget. I'm, I'm excited. Like the 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 Irish pub the uh, scene too. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and and as far as um you know delicious drinks for for the summer, um you know one of the the tiny bottles I got just because it looked so pretty was a little bottle of Chambord. But I remember being at like some lunch or something at some point back in LA where um, they had like a Chambord and champagne cocktail of some sort. 
Um, so I'm going to have to look that up, but I remember it being, you know, very light and delicious, but, um, you know, mimosas are always a favorite standby, um, uh, thinking of putting together an apple teeny, um, definitely have my Cosmo ingredients ready to go. Mm. Um, I usually use gray goose, um, but, um, you know, was recently turned on to Tito's and it's, it's a very, very tasty vodka. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got a lot of, a lot of experimentation coming up with tiny bottles. Very cool. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. And I'm, Hey, look, if you want to have a sub Bridget, just say the word. We'll, we'll <laughs> yep. you, so what about you, Joe? What's a tasty drink for you? I'm a little more of a purist. I'm a bourbon man, although okay. very socially, like, you know, it, it's uh, few and far between, but uh, I, I have to say, I, I really do enjoy uh, an, uh, Angels Envy Dark on the eye, on rocks. And uh, I do really enjoy Blanton's. And if I'm feeling, you know, like I've just won the lotto, uh, I might try Colonel Taylor's. Um, but uh, yeah, I do, I, do, I do like sort of the simple things. But, you know, when you travel, you know, whatever the, whatever the cocktail of the day is, you know, if I happen to be down at a resort or something and, you know, something's got red, white and blue in it or something or something glowing green, yeah, I might give it a shot, see, see what it's like. But uh, I, I do like, a, a, you know, a nice bloody a loaded Bloody Mary with a, a nice brunch on a Sunday with, you know, more stuff sticking out of the top of it, like bacon and shrimp and chicken tender, whatever it is. <laughs> but it should be a meal. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Uh, all very all very good speaking of uh, green drinks and such i'm reminded to what was that a uh, euro trip that movie euro trip where they're in I, are they in bratislava i think maybe and they uh they have a, a weird drink there and next thing you know all shenanigans happen so that's my uh, random movie activity but I, yeah i will say like i i'm also you know i have been getting into the old fashions but I will say like when I do go places, I like to sample what is, you know, what's the, that place's favorite or best drink or something. And, and I'll, I'll try that. I, I do like to get a little local on that front. So great. Well, I, I do appreciate this and I know we're running close on time here um, on this holiday, Juneteenth. And, and I do appreciate uh, you guys getting together here. So th anything before we go, any any parting shots or anything you'd like to plug? Bridget? Um, well, on my topic of salad bar extremism, cross-pollination, um, that is going to, going to be the next law enforcement training webinar that we're going to be mm -hmm. putting together. And it's also open to emergency managers. Um, so we really want to have a, a frank discussion about, um, you know, how you know, you have neo-Nazis greeting each other with inshallah and, and yeah. you know, just, um, uh, but more importantly, consuming content and tactical advice and, and you know, drawing uh, from each other's ideologies. So we're going to be going more in depth on that. And, and can they find that through Homeland Security Today, HS yes. Today? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. How, how about you, Joe? Anything to promote or plug? Yeah, so, you know, as I do uh, at the end of each podcast, I talk about uh, the International Association of Venue Managers, and everybody knows that we have the Academy for Venue Safety and Security, and I'm really proud to say that the, uh, the, the faculty and also the committee of the Venue Safety Security Committee are really working hard at developing uh, this sort of introduction to venue safety security that, you know, all venues can uh, send their early career or early security uh, teams too, so they can learn the fundamentals uh, before they come to AVSS. We, we recognize that AVSS is sort of a, 
mid-level to advanced uh, educational offerings. So we really wanted to uh, extend it, lower the bar of entry uh, to people who are very curious uh, and uh, are interested in a potentially just A, understanding more about the safety security posture at their venues or potentially a, a career in safety and security. So we're developing that content now. It's Right now it's a day uh, long session. Uh, you can always check out the IAVM work, uh, website to see more about that. And then we're just really sort of factoring uh, what the uh, likeliness of a third year for AVSS would be, which would be very, very advanced. Uh, so stay tuned on that. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to any of us through IAVM and uh, we'd be glad to, um, to uh, you know, give you some more information. And then last, you know, IAVM has a bunch of subcommittees of the Venue Safety Security Committee that specialize and focus on sectors. You do not have to be a member of IAVM to join those calls. If you're interested in um, uh, getting more information, uh, you can check the link out in the podcast and we'll, we'll get you connected. It's a, it's a, a group of highly qualified uh, and uh, we're all across the country. We have a couple of international members as well. So uh, come listen in, share your experiences, learn um, and uh, you know, help make your venue safer. No, awesome. I really do appreciate it. And I, I think I'll just end on, obviously, of my standard misinformation, disinformation, malinformation topics. Again, and if you're following anybody on Twitter, you might have seen a recent uh, Joe Rogan blow up with some of the medical facility uh, or the medical uh, profession over, um, you know, misinformation. And, and I think it was Robert Kennedy Jr., um, and so in any event, this stuff continues. We're, we're seeing a lot of different debates online, very public forums. There's a lot of things that it's just trying to normalize this misinformation, which again, we just cannot tolerate. And so with that, everyone, I just really encourage you to review, be smart. Don't, before you like, follow, retweet, share, or whatever, uh, make sure you're doing your own research, making sure you're smart on the topic and, and understanding what is really being debated. So uh, with that, everyone, I will also know that you can listen to a wide variety of Gate 15 podcasts. We have the weekly security sprint podcast um, that will also be released with this one um, as well. So we're Dave's doing a two for this week. Uh, then we also have Gate 15, the Gate 15 interview where Andy interviews various industry leaders and talks about the security news of the day. And then we have the Risk Roundtable podcast as well. And so with all of that, we hope you enjoy these podcasts. We hope you enjoyed getting listened again to Joe and Bridget. And again, I will promise we will not wait several months before we get this group again together. Um, so I look forward to having you guys both on again real soon. But with that, everyone, I will bid you adieu. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.